And now, a word from our sponsor, Modern Artifice. Just another day in New Dice City, a metropolis mired in corruption and crime. Can a new hero roll out to save the innocent? Give me all your dice. Oh, someone help me, please. Stop right there. Who are you supposed to be? Dice Master. Before you hurt that innocent citizen, I'll have to ask you for a robbery check. Should dice roll? Oh, no. A natural one. Looks like you really crit the bet on this one. Kablow. Oh. You saved me, Dice Master. How do you do it? I get all my dice from Modern Artifice. They're high-end, stylized dice sets give me everything I need to keep rolling smoothly. So head on over to Etsy.com slash shop slash Modern Artifice and fill up your utility belt today. Another day saved thanks to Modern Artifice. Use our discount code GOON10 at checkout for 10% off your order. Modern Artifice, for your one-stop shop for magical merchandise and nerdy novelties. If you're a parent of young children, you probably have a lot to worry about. It's hard to imagine your kids drinking, but it can happen earlier than you think. One day, one of your kid's friends might offer them alcohol. Will they know what to say? Make sure you take the time to tell your kids about the dangers of alcohol and talk with them about what they can say to stay out of trouble. Drogar, Drogar, Drogar! Irina and Kaz and Sasha are having a girls' night sleepover and we're gonna play Zone of Truth or Dare! Can I go, please? Well, Winnie, I want you to have fun, but there's something important we need to talk about first. I want you to promise me that if anyone offers you a drink, tell them no. Of course. Sometimes you get transported into an alternate dimension, seemingly with no hope of escape. In that case, do what you want. Drogar, we are trapped in a spooky valley outside space and time. I'll take it easy, but I might have a little wine to take the edge off. To be clear, alcohol, when enjoyed in moderation by adults, can be a fun and safe addition to a social event, but not if you're below the legal drinking age. But again, if you're trapped in an alternate dimension and likely to be kidnapped or murdered by a dread vampire lord at literally any moment, all bets are off. Just go nuts. All right, Winnie, but just promise me that if we manage to get out of this alive, you'll wait until you're old enough to drink alcohol. Enjoy girls' night. I promise. Thanks, Drogar. Be sure to talk with your kids about the dangers of alcohol. And while you're at it, you might as well go over the dangers of vampires. Because, well, drinking alcohol can be dangerous. Drinking blood is just plain creepy. The more you know. Hey Dungeoneers, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Stradcast. If you like what we do here, remember to follow us on YouTube or subscribe via your favorite podcast app to get notified every time we release new episodes. Thanks again, and take your listen with advantage. Starting on Monday, January 30th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Twitch, we will be streaming Goon Files, a Delta Green adventure set in 1995 Philadelphia, featuring Ned in the GM chair. While you get excited about the spookiness to come, you can binge our other two mini-campaigns, Madness and Mercy and Death House, right now on our YouTube channel. Prepare to roll some sanity checks. When last we left our heroes, they returned to Dimitri's tower to discuss what they had learned so far. Discussing the temple witnessed in Strahd's memories, they discovered it is the same place for which Dimitri has been searching, the Amber Temple. Somewhere, they reason, within that temple may lie a secret to defeating or weakening Strahd. 
Dimitri requested to join them when they decided to tackle it, but for the moment, taking advantage of the relative safety of Dimitri's tower, our heroes chose to decompress and discuss their last individual meetings with Strahd. Our heroes grow closer to overthrowing the devil every day. Where will they venture next? Find out now on the Strahdcast. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. Shuffle off this mortal coil and transport yourselves to the far, foggy realm of Barovia. We'll say that a long rest passed. You get a perhaps the most restful sleep you've had in quite some time uh, in Dimitri's tower, with the soft crackling sounds of the fireplace and several. Uh, you know, he has he has a couple of like wizardy instruments that that whir and ring and chime, uh, and uh, arcane sound white noise machine. Arcane oh, white noise so machine. Nice. Yeah, right. Lo-fi beats for you to do magic too. Trev. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yo. Drogar did some pretty gnarly necrotic magic last time. Okay. Does he have any bad dreams? Ooh. <laughs> what an interesting question. <laughs> Can you bestow upon me some consequences? <laughs> <laughs> I would love to bestow consequences upon you, Ned. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> Roll a wisdom check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 13. 13, eh? You pass into sleep, Drogar, but in your quiet slumbers, you are awoken by the sounds of battle. Swords clashing, men screaming, horses whinnying and neighing, and then the, the, the roaring of battle cries and the screams of, of dying soldiers uh, as you uh, awaken uh, inside a, a tent. What would you like to do? Drogo uh, looks to his left and he sees his heater shield and his mace. So he reaches to his left and he sees his heater shield and his, and his mace and they're like next to each other and he grabs them and he casts, he casts ble- you know, bless on himself and he steps outside the tent and mm-hmm. what does he see? You're stepping out onto the field. You emerge in the middle of the melee. Yeah. Uh, sides clash almost, uh, the, the two sides clashing almost exactly where you step out onto the battlefield. You see on one side what seem like poorly equipped. You know, there are some, some pieces of armor amongst them, but it's a lot of, like, you know, peasants with pitchforks and... Uh, uh, and just like men-at-arms and, and that kind of thing. On the other side, heavily plate-armored soldiers bear down in a, in a phalanx, moving in on these on this rabble before you. And from, uh, from the side of the heavily laden soldiers, rising up on a hill, you see a man sat on an enormous horse, his cloak flowing in the breeze, crimson armor with a golden dragon emblazoned into the chest piece. He raises his sword and thrusts it forward, encouraging his troops on and on the slaughter to continue forward. And on the other side, you see these this ragtag group of fighters. They're, they're, you can sense almost their will begin to break. Um, when suddenly, up from behind their ranks, a golden explosion as a massive dragon lands amidst the battle. <laughs> Stretching his wings and letting loose a gout of fire, it sweeps across the ranks of soldiers. And you see that man on his horse. Yeah, he charges forward, his sword held high, and he is barreling towards the dragon, which rears back, readying to uh, release another jet of flame. And you wake back up. Oh me, bad dreams. <laughs> 
Dimitri sits over to the the corner in an armchair. He's got some like uh, he's got a, a book open on his lap and is like floating a cup of tea uh, with one you know just like yeah. kind of floating above his other. Is, is there any tea ready? My head is is pounding. He just like winds his finger around and sends it right towards you. And like you really, we really see Drogar's age. He's like haggard. Oh, what a terrible dream! It's this place. It's haunted by nightmares, ones that came true, and ones that have not yet come to pass. The longer you stay here, the more they work their way in, like a cold wind through the cracks of a cabin. Oh, I'm getting too old for this. Dimitri, were there ever dragons in this land? There was one. There was one. I believe I just saw it in a dream. Argenvoss. Argenvoss was a dragon? Yes. Bronze? Gold? Was he... Golden. Golden. As the sun. His keep still haunts this place. A ruin now. So the histories go. When Strahd first began his conquest of this place, it was Argenvost that headed up the resistance, led the Zenobians into battle, and disparate, untrained, scared as they were, we fought bravely, because we had the courage of a golden dragon backing us up. Yes. But also as the histories go, if they are to be believed, Strahd slew Argenvost himself. The valley didn't last long after that. It is a shame. Dragons are not invincible. No, indeed. None of us are. Mm. I imagine this place may have some significance to you. However, I would caution going there. Angry spirits haunt the place. I do not know how they would react to company. Would you be so kind as to mark it on the map? But of course. And he pulls one out hey, uh, of uh, from the desk on which he sits. And so Argenvost, Holt... So here you are at... Uh, like talk. Yep. This is the road you would take to the ruins of Berez. Right. Argenvost Holt is right here. Oh. Uh, okay. <clears throat> so it's on the way we should go. Argenvost Holt is right there. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, if it's on the way, we might as well. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Drogar is really shook up about this, but, but, but seeing a gold dragon is no mistake. I mean, they are brilliant, beautiful things. Um, that are bastions of good, you know, for, like, the people of Zenobia. I think that he, uh, I think there's a little piece of him that's like, Dimitri, do you know how long ago Argenvast was alive when this crusade was? Kifortay, 400 years, when Strahd arrived, first arrived here in this valley as a man. Uh, and I think Jorgar's, like, kind of stroking his dragon beard, and he's like, <laughs> it truly is the will of the light that I am here now. Very interesting. Interesting. You think your god brought you here? Yes. What did you do to piss him off? (laughs) Well, you see, Dimitri, I was not always in... I was not always in the path of the light. I served a great evil lord. This surprises me, I must admit. You seem one who has always had such strength of their convictions. Well, yes, but I am also 528 years old. Goodness. Things you must have seen. A lot transpires in five and a half centuries. But I will say this. When you study magic, you must know that there are darker magics not to touch, correct? Many of them are within our very humble valley. Yet you still read them. Of course I did. I'm not an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Even though you do not practice them, you know of them. And that is sadly the case with me. I was trained in them. I was... Brought up to use them effortlessly. Mm. 
Yet, I was graced. I was graced by three clerics of the light, and they saved me, albeit neck against sword, but they saved me. Hmm. They showed me that the greater magics and energies of the light can be used to help people, not eradicate them. These clerics who saved you? Yes. They are the ones of whom you spoke when last we met. Yes. You wondered if they would approve of your actions. Yes. They are the ones who are. And he, and he kind of re- <laughs> reaches over and grabs his mace and he kind of holds it up and he goes. Well, you have done much since then. What do you think they would say now? And he kind of, he has a reflective moment because he like, he thinks about his moment when he did, you know, harm person. And he thinks about when he just did bestow curse. He's conflicted a little bit and he goes, I think that I am using what I know to the best of my abilities to overcome the challenge at hand. And I think they would understand that. Barovia is a hard place and it makes you make, it forces you to make hard choices. Yes. I've had to make several of my own in my short time, and I have not lived nearly so long as 528 years. Well, hard choices are often rewarded, as we see with you being reunited with your family, and for the greater cause. This magic that causes you such trouble, these choices you have been forced to make, it is a tool, like any other. It does not put a mark on you. You are the one wielding it. It does not have power over you. You have power over it. Very true. Very true. And if it helps you get out of here alive, if it saves you or your friends' lives, how far from the path of God can it be? In all fairness, which God are we talking about? (laughs) Whichever you like. (laughs) It baffles me that a golden dragon could be secluded here in this valley for so long. Well... There must have been something that drew him to this place. I can't say as to what exactly, but he made his home here for a long, long time. It was very good to the people of this valley. You know, we met a, a wizard up on Mount uh, Baratok. Mm, yes, the Mad Mage. We I call, have heard of him. We call him Charlie. How quaint. Yes. <laughs> he mentioned when I first met him, he called me Arkenvost. Hmm. Well, he is mad. He could be confused. Yet... I don't think it's that simple. I think he mistook me for the Arkenvost. Well, you are a golden dragon yourself. Jeez, that's such long game. (laughs) (laughs) Holy hell. God knows. Peculiar. Peculiar indeed. Well, well, now I must go visit. It feels right. Once a great beacon of hope to the people of this valley, perhaps it can be so again. He kind of takes the tea and finishes it and puts it down on the wooden floorboard right beside him. Well, Dimitri, thank you for entertaining an old man and his rambling. Oh, on the contrary. Uh, it was so long since I had people to talk to. And, I, you know, much to my surprise, now that I've been reintroduced to the world, I find I quite like it. You know, Dimitri, your father misses you dearly. Yeah, I know. Not to touch on a sore wound, but... Can't really miss it. I know. We are working on it. It will take time. Of course. And yet, to be honest, I find myself torn. Who knows how long any of us have left to survive, particularly as we are aggravating the devil as we have been. I want to be able to open my heart again, but if I may confide in you, Drogar, I I don't know. Something, Something stops me. Something chains me. 
I feel like I have lost a piece of myself in these last ten years that cannot be recovered. Do you know of what I speak? All too well, my friend. It's like you can never go back to the way things were. You can really only try to make things better. But Barovia doesn't feel like a place where better is possible. You know, I had a dear friend back when I was at the academy. Mm -hmm. She was a baker. She used to make cakes. And one time, she brought me a cake. And she apologized profusely when she brought it in. And I said, what is the matter? And she says, oh, it took too long to make the icing and it wasn't the right color. <laughs> the flowers are wilting on the cake. And can I tell you something? Please. It was the best cake I've ever had. Your parents, even if you try and feel nothing, will feel mountains move if you make an effort. There is great wisdom in what you say. Um, <laughs> you learn a few tricks here and there. If I ever get to 528, I only, can only hope I am so wise. You won't. <laughs> <laughs> and he gives him a wink no, and no. He rolls over it. <laughs> Good night, Droga. Good night. <laughs> 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 awesome! So nice. Well awesome. Oh, that's cool. talk about a a thirty episode full circle. I know. <laughs> and, you know, I, uh, I, I like to plant. The, I like to sow the seed. For those of you thinking we aren't playing the long game, I'm like a you know I'm we're like not. A, <laughs> we're absolutely not. <laughs> it's like I'm a, a it's like I'm a farmer in ancient Egypt, and you are my oxen. Yeah. Say, say more things. Well, <laughs> the Nile Delta was is so fertile yeah. that uh, farmers in ancient Egypt did not need to do extravagant farming practices in order to yield crops. They could literally just throw seeds on the ground and have their animals walk over them, and the the crops would take root. And thus, the bread basket of the ancient world was born. Hashtag history talk. <laughs> this has been Ancient Egypt with Critical Fail DM. We're changing our tagline. Critical Fail DM and the Goons. The bread basket of history. <laughs> All right. The uh, oxen of Egypt. Okay. The bread basket of tabletop role-playing game podcast. Um, anything else? Anybody have anything else they want to do that evening in Dimitri's Tower uh, before we wake up in the morning? That's for Not me. I. Yes, you awake. Uh, Dimitri has excitedly prepared uh, a nice morning brew for you all, which he passes out in a couple of some, like dried fish that he gets out of the lake, and you know he, he shares some of his stuffs with you. Ooh, a little whitefish spread on uh, a mm -hmm. little bit of schmear. Schmear. Uh, so he... <laughs> <laughs> the kosher king. This pleases the kosher king. <laughs> Yes, good. <laughs> Tyler, I hear your little Jewish heart fluttering. <laughs> Dimitri treats you all to a, a small but uh, hearty breakfast, and the time is yours. <laughs> stirring, stirring, stirring fish, stirring oatmeal, <laughs> whatever it is. Just a cauldron full of bagels. <laughs> Oh Jesus! <laughs> no, I think I think we'd sit down and eat. And... Yeah, now I'm hungry. I know, right? <laughs> I want a bagel. <laughs> it's raining gently this morning. <gasps> Trevor. Yes. I would like to go back in time. Oh. Figure out what I would like to do. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Never mind. <laughs> I just went back in time. I've just checked how many spell slots I had left yesterday. Just do whatever. It doesn't matter. Do your thing. I just want to send a message. Okay. What do you, who do you want to send a message? But I want to send a message in the night and not in the morning so it doesn't use a spell slot. Unfortunately, I had no spell slot. <laughs> which is why I didn't do it. Fast forward. He's the, he's the DM. He can make me just go give you a spell There's slot. There's a shooting star. Take a spell slot. Have a spell slot. A shooting star. And Winnie, just like Winnie on Animal Crossing, goes, <laughs> <laughs> and she gives a spell slot. <laughs> 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 thinks it's that, but Drogar is actually touching her arm going, Guidance. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Winnie wishes on a star, but actually Drogar is casting a spell. Yeah. I'm going I'm to start crying and never stop crying. Uh, um, I think uh, Winnie curls up like in the windowsill at some point. Like at some point, she like gets restless in the middle of the night and and just like does a little walk around and gets warm by the fire and then curls up in the little windowsill. In Dimitri's tower that she used to look out at Castle Ravenloft and send Irina messages. And she'll crawl up in her little windowsill and like wish on a star and go spell slot. And <laughs> but real but yeah, just like curls up in the windowsill and I'll send a message to Irina back in Velaki. <laughs> Sorry it's so late. I'm looking at the tower where you used to be, and I'm so glad that you're not there. But you seem really far away, and I want to make sure you're okay. How's things? <laughs> the message comes back. <laughs> oh, yes. Hello, little sister. <laughs> Don't fret the hour. Always happy to chat. Things here are well. I'm only as far as message. Yeah, and I, and I think, yeah, I'll feel totally comforted by that. Where every message that I used to send to Irina when she was in Castle Ravenloft, even if she was okay and she was still there, it still felt like so much darkness surrounding it. And just for her to be like, things are good. And for me to know that she's in a safe place, I feel totally great. And I'll curl up in the windowsill so that I can wake up when the sun comes up. You do so. Such as it is. Yeah. In Barovia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's 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 still actually very very dark this morning. There are um, really ominous clouds overhead, um, and the rain is falling, sort of like spitting down and these really really dark clouds above. But yeah, you awake in the morn. No time is yours. Well, shall we go to attempt to find the wolves? I think if we're gonna do that, I think I'd like to speak to Vulcan first. Fighting and dying are as natural as living and breathing. And I know that the werewolves are not good, but I just feel strange going and just attacking them for I some do, reason. I feel really weird about this, you guys. That's that's weird. But if we talk to Vulcan, I don't know. Maybe they've been really bad to the people in Kresk, and then I might feel a little better about it. I see what you're saying, guys. Perhaps there's a way that we can perhaps there's a way we can be cordial, in a sense. Back in the desert, if another tribe tried to take something from us or attack us, we would kill them. <laughs> but if they were just living, we would let them be. From my experience with the werewolves here, they're not just living. To be fair, you did kind of wander onto their turf. I was looking after our little friend. We didn't attack them until they attacked us. And not. when they did, you protected yourself, as you should. I just... It seems... Uh, 
Look, far be it from me to be the one to tell you not to try to defeat Strahd through the power of friendship, because, I mean, you're the one who talked me into it. Oh no, fuck that, <laughs> we're killing him. <laughs> but just to clarify, Gold. these werewolves, they are in service to it. I am they're not, that's not to say you can't talk them out of it. I'm sure that you could, silver tongues and all. But they are his servants. What do we want? If we go and we say, hey, can we have a symbol of Mother Night? And they're like, yeah, sure, we got a bunch of them. Then I would then, feel really bad about killing I them. I know. That's, is that all? What do we need? Is that all we need? And then we, like, walk away with it? Okay. Best case scenario. Mm-hmm. Give us a symbol of Mother Night. Mm-hmm. Don't kill Kresk people. But, and also don't serve Strahd anymore. <sighs> That seems like a really a lot to ask. Okay, that is a lot to ask. I, yeah, that that's seems true. like really a lot to ask. And now I'm thinking that it would be really silly for us to come up and ask a bunch of things and not have anything to offer. Well, we can offer their lives. <sighs> it feels so... I don't like that I one. I don't like it. Shrewd negotiator, Optimus. <laughs> we only need to kill the leader. If we kill the leader, everyone else gets to be... Back he to does, the human what? selves. He does have a point, though. However, I'm not going to go up and just start shooting people. I've learned, you know. I'm well, old. Well, kinda. yes, you learned very well with that yeah. ice trap in the river as well. <laughs> <laughs> the point being, I think that if we take out the leader, as Artemis is saying, they are a hierarchy. And the leader is the one who holds the power and the decision-making of the entire tribe. It's very similar to the berserkers. As we've seen with you, Kaz. Except hairier. <laughs> Sorry, you are having a meeting. No, 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 no. <laughs> Consider yourself no, an envoy in our really conversation. Happy to get your input. But much like, much like Zarya Une, she holds the sway of the berserkers. Sweat beat. <laughs> <laughs> the like lines I of believe flesh. The only, I believe that the only person we have to converse with or dispute with, as you say, Artemis, is their leader. Hmm. You know, I'm not very good at diplomating, but I am very good at being somebody's hired sword. Let's talk to Vulcan. Let's see what he wants to do about the werewolves. She says, through a bloody nose. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Is Vulcan the Burgermaster? Yeah, I'm okay. Kresk. Yeah. Kresk. Vulcan, Vulcan Kreskov. I'm bad with names. Yeah, that's all good. <laughs> to be, to, if, so do you want to go back to Kresk? I do. Kaz does. Because mm -hmm. if, if we're going to... It's if possible gonna... the Rangers might be able to help you find the den as well. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. I just, I... Well, I talk to me. What's, go, what's going on in inner turmoil here? <sighs> I, don't, I honestly don't know if it's more me or more Kaz. It's just, it, like, there's something about just, like... Walking into some lair and just being like, hey, we don't like you guys. Prepare to die. Like, mm. just... I feel like we do know, though, that they're bad already. We've discussed it before, like, but it was like 10 episodes ago. It wasn't yeah, a long time. I know, everybody, but like, even then. But everybody also, we talk to no, has got a reason for doing what yeah. they do. Well, but that's also like, I never... But to also play, gonna... devil, to play devil's advocate here, we said the same thing of Lady Wachter when we first met her. I feel the same way now. You know, that yeah. man hasn't changed. Yeah. I'm half in character. I don't know if I'm in yeah. character. So I haven't changed my mind. Yeah. It sounds like we have the conversation. Uh, can we have the conversation? We have the conversation. We ask what they'd like to do. 
And if they give us the response that me, that me and Tyler are expecting... I'm fully anticipating that we will walk into Vulcan Kreskov's house and we'll be like, hey, what's the deal with those werewolves? And he'll say, oh, those fucking werewolves, they they kill our villagers, they steal our crops, they... They, they eat our sheep. They're Patriots fans. Like... <laughs> That's it. That's it. Let's kill him. Let's kill him. Kill him. <laughs> and they'll all be like, "All right, game on." Like, fuck it, damn yeah. right. Exactly. So, so you had yeah. me a Patriots fan. Yeah. So, yeah, like that's what I, I'm. I'm just looking for a little bit of like emotional weight to be lifted off of the murders we're about to commit. I think. And hopefully, it's just one murder. Okay. It's, you know, singular murder. <laughs> Even so, we're and... not serial killers. We're just murdering one person. Great. So, so all right. So we know that in the logic. So we know that in the trolley problem, Tyler would, <laughs> Tyler would flip the switch to kill one person to save the like the construction workers on the other side of the tracks. <laughs> Sorry, <Yeah>. one person. <laughs> I'm a realist. <laughs> Every um, time somebody in this conversation mentions, like, killing the leader and throwing, like, the rest of everybody into turmoil, Winnie gets, like, a a confusingly dark look on her face. And it's like... Conscious idols over to you as the as the adults are talking. Are you okay? <laughs> good, great, great, great. Good, good hubbub, all. Good hubbub, team. Great hubbub. I'll just loop that. I'll loop that. The adults are hubbubby. That was like Kaz as an Animal Crossing character. <laughs> Wait, all Dr- of us as Dr- Dr- is- <laughs> Mine is just Animal Crossing character. <laughs> are you okay? What's wrong? I'm just really stressed out about this for some reason. It just feels like every time we've come up against having to, like, fight something big, it was because we were totally backed into a corner. Mm. It felt like so, I could see so clearly why we were doing what we were doing. And this one thing, just I can't see what, I can't see exactly what it is. I think it's a good idea not to go looking for a fight. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. I just don't know how we're going to get out. Like, we're going to put ourselves in a situation where we're super vulnerable. (sighs) In a place that we don't know very well, in a place that they know way better than us. Mm. Well, um, Artemis is good at the woods. And if we go back to Kresk like Kaz wants to, maybe we can find out more about the mountains. I mean, we've been up there. You've all been up there yourselves. I just am thinking about the mayor... Where I used to come from. What was his name? His name was Gruffid Arnall. That's a funny name. It was a funny name. He was a funny guy. And and when the soldiers came in, he was the first person that they killed. Why? He was the first person they killed, and they killed him right in the town square where his pulpit used to be. Why would they do that? For the same reason we're talking about. To make everybody confused and nervous and not know who to turn to. Well, I don't want to make people feel that way. I mean, either. You know... Saving everybody's lives seems like a grand adventure, but then you get into it, and there's a lot of hard decisions involved. It really is. It really is. And sometimes I'm feeling like, like my heart feels like me-sized sometimes, you know? Like it both feels really big, like it takes up my whole person, and then also it feels like so small because I'm small. Do you I know? feel like that too. Sometimes it feels like my heart balloons out, and it's right up underneath my skin. It's so big, and it's all I can... All I can feel sometimes is, like, just whatever it is I'm feeling, and I can't think my way out of it. Winnie. 
<laughs> the two kids go. <laughs> <laughs> what would you like to do? I don't know what the right answer is. I didn't ask you for the right answer. I know. Uh, I asked you what you thought would be the best thing to do. I think it is a really good idea to go in and, and talk to talk to the Burgermaster, but I feel really responsible for what we're doing in Kresk. I feel really responsible for putting him in this situation where he's trying to figure out where all these new people go, and he's also mourning and stuff. And I'm, and I'm, I'm just scared to go and talk to him about or ask him for anything else. So I kind of would just be like, let's just go, let's just go, and and be as prepared as we can be, and hope for the best. And I don't know, maybe that's silly, but I'm, I'm always just, just makes me feel good, just to go and, and hope for the best. We did kind of dump a couple dozen refugees on him, and then fuck off out of town. So. I don't know if I were the Burgermaster, I'd kind of be like, what the fuck? Can you guys, like, go and take a weekend? <laughs> I think that's what I would be like. Here's what I propose. Let us approach the werewolves from a diplomatic standpoint. We wish to talk. Nothing more, nothing less. We wish to speak a parley. If they deny the parley, perhaps there is a way that we can speak with the Burgermaster or find some more evidence. Maybe there's a back way in if they are... Aggressive? I believe we have our answer. Anybody who is willing to attack an emissary or a messenger does not mean well. Do you think that they would be more likely to be nice if, like, just a little kid walked in and not, like, a bunch of big people with, like, a big spear and a dragon and a panther? <clears throat> well, on the contrary, if I were to send you in anywhere... Strategically, I would surround you with my troops, and that would be the end of it. <laughs> Let's well, on. I, um, I don't like your chances alone. <laughs> I don't. No, I don't think I would have very good chances if they were mean. I just think I would have better chances if they were nice. Well, I don't want to take the chance that they would be mean. Kaz has a good point, and let us not forget your most recent endeavor with uh, with the abbot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think. That went okay, though. <laughs> Drogar has a look on his face of like, are you fucking... <laughs> I think... Oh, I know, she just sits there and points at her two eyes that are still <laughs> that in are her still head. In face, yeah. <laughs> That's true, Drogar. She's still got twice as many eyes as... I'm going to take a walk! <laughs> <laughs> And then Artemis, after I walks away, goes, all right, let's talk about this. <laughs> I think all we need from them, all you hear from the brushes, is, <laughs> all we need from them no is, <laughs> are you out of the conversation or are you in? Oh, out of the conversation. <laughs> it's okay, go. You see puffs of smoke. <laughs> all we need from them is a symbol of Mother Night. The people of Kresk have shown us that they can take care of themselves. If they are willing to give that to us, then great. If they're not, we need to find a way to get one. If they try to attack us, I'll feel a lot better about killing them. Part of this, too, is I'd like to weaken Strahd's army. Right now, they're soldiers of Strahd. So we get the symbol from, of Mother Night, and then we say, Hey, do you guys realize that Strahd's kind of a dillweed? <laughs> Yeah, something along those lines. <laughs> and then they either say, yeah, he sucks. And we say, well, we're better. 
and they'll say, well, then we'll fight with you. Or they'll say, no, screw you guys. Let's fight. And then we'll fight. And then I'll still feel not so bad about killing them. Something along this line. Jorgar cool. comes back in. <laughs> Should you all survive this endeavor? I think each and every one of you has a bright career as a diplomat <laughs> <laughs> ahead of you. Cats. I think it would be worth mentioning that you are the bearer of the blood spear. <sighs> Somehow I get the feeling that once they find that out, they'll definitely want to kill me. Ah, that's really Which is another true. thing that would make me feel a little better about killing them. What I'm just trying to think of all the, like, possible paths that we're going to take and which ones end with me not feeling bad about killing them or not feeling bad about not killing them. The ones I don't want to end up on are the ones where I feel bad about killing them. Jorgar has a tear in his eyes. <laughs> he goes, she's having a process. Paz <laughs> <laughs> walks over to a wall and pulls down. Uh, <laughs> As you can see, <laughs> I took the liberty of drawing up this flowchart. Jorgar <laughs> bursts into tears. She's all grown up. <laughs> Scenario number one. We kill them and I feel bad. I would call this the lose-lose outcome. <laughs> Solution number two. They kill us and I feel nothing. <laughs> I would also call this a lose-lose, but I won't really care because I'll be dead. Then we have the I kill them and feel okay about it. This is what I would call the win-lose scenario. <laughs> or there is the we don't kill them and we still feel pretty good. Let's call this the win-win. And then, of course, there is the win-win-win, where I also win for having successfully negotiated, <laughs> not killing. <laughs> and now we're just back in the office references. Take an Jesus. inspiration, guys. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Kaz <laughs> takes off her glasses. Uh -huh. Where did I get these? Folds them up. <laughs> puts them in her shirt. Oh, take an inspiration. Loosens her think I think I already have one. I don't think I can. Yeah, I already have one. Well, Dang. I've got to burn them, baby. Yeah, I know. i got to use them. Oh, my Lord. I'm forgetting I'll take it. that. No, I agree with pretty much everything you said, Cass. <laughs> Thank you. It took me all night. And <laughs> what I will say is we are not assassins, so I do not plan on killing someone before we let them speak. However, I want to go into this in a strategic way to make sure that if and when it does come down to a fight, all of us make it out alive. You know me. I'm always ready for a fight. The problem is these woods. It's their woods. If we do this, it's going to take a lot of planning, and we're going to have to be careful. Do we know if they are always in wolf form? That's a do good that? question. Because if there's a reliable way... To know that when we're approaching them that they are weaker, they might be more willing to talk it out. That's why I'd like to try to approach them during the day. Dimitri, that's what I wanted to ask you about the patrols. What have you noticed in your time? Yes, packs of them range far and wide across the valley, though they are particularly concentrated at the slopes of Mount Baratok in these woods. I have seen them. Every time I've seen them, they are in wolf form on every night, not just when the moon is full. Whether or not they can change at will, or whether it is a process that happens every night, I cannot say for sure. Do you ever see them during the day? It is hard to track. If I, I've, it is hard to catch them in the act of transformation. And if you miss that, 
I could be following a wolf for miles, only to lose them in the brush and then emerge as a human. If that's the, it's hard to say sometimes if that's the same one. You take my meaning. Mm -hmm. That seems good enough reason, though, to go during the daytime. Mm -hmm. If we know for sure that at night they're in wolf form. Do you remember we came across a body on the side of the road? Not uh, weeks ago now. It's a pretty common sight these days. Yes, but it had the bearings of claw marks and that of a wolf. It was quite feral, the body. It would, it would be expected that perhaps that was one of the werewolves. It's possible. They also have a certain command over the beasts, uh, the more commonplace beasts of the wood, which also serve Strahd. They serve as um, commanders, so to speak. I think you have come across such a patrol in your time here already. Yes, yes you have. Right. During the day, as a group, we approach with diplomacy. Are we all in agreement? Mm-hmm. Yep. Very well. So you make for Kresk? You said the slopes of... Mount Baratok, which Mount you're Baratok. on current. This whole northern edge of the valley is the slopes of Mount okay. Baratok. So we're, so so we're not going to Kress. We're going to go talk to them. <sighs> uh, at this point... Because going back to Kress would mean that we'd have, to we'd have to backtrack. Plus, we're burdening the Burgermaster yeah. again with like... After having talked it out, I feel like talking to him won't really change any of what I also don't think now. that they have much communication. I mean, they're like walled off, you know. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they, maybe some of their scouts have seen them, like on the outskirts of Kresk, but I don't think that they communicate often. Yeah, I, I am thinking less and less that we have anything to gain by stopping in Kresk. Okay, then so and the slopes go over Kresk. It's like from Dimitri's tower to Kresk. It's like a, a pretty far range, right? Well, okay, so, so yeah. Um, so if you're here at Lake Bear, at Dimitri's Tower right here, uh -huh. you know it's somewhere up here in the mountains. Right. Okay. So you can go back to Kresk and then make your way up into the foothills from there. Or, I mean, fuck it, you could just go back and just, like, hike your way through the, un, un, you know, through the wilderness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, I think... you know, wander into the, trying to find the den. We're there. I kind of think that's the move. Yeah. Okay. It's morning now. We have the whole day. All right, heading out into the woods. Yeah. Let's go out arranging. My name is Nick Perrin, and I'm an actor, writer, and game master. And on Tabletop, I talk with an expert game master every week to find out the best ways to run amazing games and tell epic stories. Looking to start DMing? Or maybe you've been a game master for a long time and want to spice up your table? Then this podcast is for you. Tabletop is released on Mondays wherever you get your podcasts. After asking Dimitri if he's could point us in the closest direction, oh. general direction, I'm not like <laughs> where, where point, do the patrols usually come from? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dimitri points to a, a very specific square. <laughs> general <laughs> that way direction. And then also ask Dimitri if he wants to That's help easy. scout for us in Raven form. Oh, good, good. Call. And maybe he mm, could teach yeah. Tasha the ropes as they scout together <gasps> as oh, bird buddies. Oh. Okay. That's a good idea. You drive a hard bargain. That's a good idea, Artie. <laughs> I always am down with my bird boys, you know. <laughs> <laughs> there is wisdom in this. Very well. I cannot give you, as I have, unfortunately, as I have said, I cannot give you the exact location. But I know that it must be somewhere to the northwest. 
Your best bet, in fact, would probably be to take a boat across the lake to the northwestern shore and mm. go from there. I can watch the skies above you, though I cannot promise anything. Across the lake? Do you have a boat? Indeed, I do. <gasps> I would really, really love to go on a boat ride. I love boats. <laughs> oh, get this lady on a boat! <laughs> I used to live on one. <laughs> well, I was planning on uh, heading to Valaki today, but I can take a few hours to see you on your way. Boat trip! Very well. Get your things. Let's be off. <gasps> and thus, our heroes headed to the boat. Great. Okay, so not going back to Krask. Heading right, on the boat. right, the right into yes. the wilderness yeah. trying to find the werewolves. To the boat. Okay. Can and it's first boat? thing in the morning, so you've got plenty of time. I want to drive the boat. That's good to know. And all I ask from and you, Dimitri. Daylight. Yeah. And all I ask from you, Dimitri, is to let us know if it looks like we're about to get ambushed. No one said I couldn't drive if, the boat. I'm totally driving the boat. If you are, if you are uh, nearby to a certain death, I will. Do my, I will endeavor to let you know. Perfect. So three cacaws, and we know to run. Cacaws? Yeah, like, all right, let's just make it one. Like, cacaw! Your accent is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that is the cross. That crossover is scrambling my brain. See, it's only Tyler, though. I know. Only Tyler's characters connect across campaigns. Yeah, only Tyler. (laughs) (laughs) That is scrambling my brain. Oh, my God. All the multiverses. Benny Kaplan is a deep, deep (laughs) wayline, bloodline character Uh, of uh, uh, Artemis. Tyler is the Stan Lee of the Gooners. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Tyler cameos in every campaign. That is great. Hope you guys wrote that down because because we can't explain it. (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna say I got in trouble for this on the boat. It's not (gasps) driving. It's skippering or maybe helming. Like you got in trouble for skippering? No, I said that I called it driving and everyone was like, it's not called that, it's called and now I forget what it actually was. It's like you have to be the, it's it's like piloting, skippering, helming I don't know. The thing about boats is that they have names for everything that isn't the same as the name for anything else. Like you can't call a rope a rope. Sometimes it's a line or sometimes it's a sheet but it's never a rope, but it's always a rope. (laughs) Doesn't make any sense. It's not left, it's port. It's not right, it's starboard. The front is the bow, the back is the stern. You know a lot, though. Well, I was on the boat for a fair while. But you know what? Anytime you throw somebody overboard, they're still going in the water. (laughs) (laughs) What's the ocean like? Oh, well, it's funny. It, It seemed so different when I got onto it. But I realized that I was just looking out and I could see the horizon and it was water instead of sand. Mm. That's kind of all I have ever known. I'm not used to this valley where you can only see up to the nearest mountain. Or the nearest cloud of fog. Or that. But it's very, very big and you see the same thing no matter where you look. And it moves you around a lot and if you're not used to it, it makes you sick. There is so much out there. So much that I can't even imagine. I have never sailed on the sea, or I cannot imagine all you have seen in your 528 years, Drogar. I, I hope we win. I hope this fog disperses from this place, and I can at last look at the horizon and know of what you speak. I would like to see the horizon again before I die. And if I do, 
then I think you can too. You both will. I respect you, Drogar, but don't make promises you don't know if you can keep. It's not a promise. It's a high probability. He's waning. He's weak. And he's desperate. Well, let's not dawdle then. <laughs> Come with me. Bring me that horizon. Drink yes. up me hearties, yo-ho. <laughs> Do you want love- to drink? Do you need something else? I mean, that wasn't what I was going for, but I'll take one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. He whips his cape. Uh, and you head down the, um, down the spiral staircase. You out of the tower onto that little isthmus upon which it rests. And uh, you walk around to the back of it. At the back, which you've never seen before because you've always just gone right into the tower, there is another of those little jetties get going off into the lake to the side of which seems to be uh, what looks like a pretty standard rowboat, except on the back of it, sort of grafted on, is another of these sort of spherical amber golems. Cool. And he has like an old, like a Mississippi steamboat paddle yeah. at the center of him. So it's like, uh, you know, his little amber body kind of comes out in a semicircle. And there's a little, like, amber paddle built into the wow. back of it at the back of the boat. <laughs> and as you come around the side the of the tower, <laughs> as you come around the back of the tower, the, again, the little head pops up and, like, whirls around. Like R2-D2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Dimitri gives a little wave, a little wave uh, communicating that these are friends. Uh, and the little amber golem, like, one of his little, you know, like just like the other one's little arm pops out of the side. And he gives a little, like, Toot toot. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit, it's a bass. (laughs) Music starts playing that resembles but is legally distant from Steamboat Willie until next year when it enters the public domain. Oh! (laughs) Yeah, we'll get that. We'll We'll we'll, we'll hold producing this. this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, your chariot awaits. You're the boss of the boat. I'm driving the boat. (laughs) Kaz is the boss of the boat. Where's the helm? Dude, dude. Oh, that's... Actually, I guess he's driving. <laughs> Take us away, Skipper. Dude. <laughs> you, you realize that Drogar is hesitant to get on the boat. <gasps> oh. Something wrong? Uh, no, no, nothing wrong at all. Do you get sicky? Well, uh... <laughs> it's hard to explain. Winnie, you see, when a... Uh, Oh, hell with it. And he, and he just kind of, like, puts an arm on Artemis and an arm on Kaz's shoulder and, like, spreads his long leg. And he's got a leg on the shore. And he's really like an stably elf the escalator. Trying to get into the boat. Come now, old man. It'll be okay. Are you spooked of the water? I'm not spooked. Everything's fine. <laughs> you look a little spooked. I'm not spooked. Far be it from me. Sit down. It'll be okay. Trip won't be long. (laughs) So you clamber into the boat. Pasha also walks over to the the side of the lake. And he just like looks down at the water for a little while as you're clambering into the boat. And and once you're all like settled in, he looks back at the rest of you and says, I want to try something. No, that's not great yet. Wait, stop. Stop what you're doing right now. For our listening audience, <laughs> Trevor is making an exaggerated fishy face. With gills, might I add. His hands are gills. I want to try something. No, that's not quite right. 
<laughs> Pasha, it might help if you jump in the water. Oh yeah. <laughs> and he like his head pokes back up, and he's doing this. He's like kicking his little feet. So oh, I got it. And then he like there's like a splash of water, and he like tumbles over. And oh, he turns it's into coming. A, he turns into a trout. Um, <laughs> Pasha, Pasha figuring out how to be animals. <laughs> it's, it's gonna, I'm just gonna keep peppering it in there. Anyway, um, eep eep eep. Eep. Mm. Mosquitoes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he turns into a trout and like swims alongside the boat. Uh, I'm, I'm moving along the side of the boat to try and follow Trout uh, Pasha. Is he distinctly <laughs> Pasha? Like I'm imagining this trout swimming along and then looking up. And yeah, like... anytime uh, he's still always missing the eye. So like he's very, mm. very distinguishable. Uh-huh, he's a fish, uh-huh. so you can only really see one eye at a time. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. I'm tracking yep. Trout Pasha. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, everyone paddles in. Uh, or, uh, Dimitri turn, uh, spins on his heel and turns into a raven and starts circling above the lake. So everyone piles in. And once you're all settled, uh, the little golem on the back, toot toot. <laughs> and his little paddle starts up and you find your way, making your way across the lake. Uh, you, it doesn't take too long to reach the opposite shore, but it's a it's sort of an oddly peaceful experience going across. I don't know if anyone has ever been like on a body of water while it is raining, but it it's it's just so cool because the surf, you know, the surface is just all a jumble. Um, but it's also very calm. It's like, very not, calm, the, the, yeah. The waves aren't really like, if you're on a boat when it's raining, it's not really like jostling you unless you're far enough out. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah the, the surface of the water is very calm. It's just all a jumble with the falling rain. And so yeah. it's, it's a pretty surreal and cool experience. It's, it's um, a million tiny ripples instead mm-hmm. of a bunch of big ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Winnie uh, puts her arms on the side of the little boat and then leans all the way back so that she's looking out over the water She's trying to make it look like it's raining upwards. Up? Yeah. <laughs> Give me a dexterity check. Oh my lord, Trevor! <laughs> oh lord, Trevor! Okay. Oh, geez, Louise, nineteen. You do so, mm-hmm. and it's a, a a really really cool optical effect as you as you spin and you see Pasha jump up and out. So it looks like he's like you know it looks like he's like going down and then up. As he cool. jumps out of the water and, and, and goes back uh, uh, underneath ahead of you. Um, any other business for the boat? Just like rubbing Dragar's head. <laughs> <laughs> Do this. Kaz is Kaz just Kaz just like quickly just shoots her hand out and squeezes that pressure point <gasps> on your wrist that like those bracelets kind of help with with the, with seasickness. <sighs> Give me a medicine check. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> Don't mind if I do. Here, wait, I'm going to move my... We've got to roll some dice at some point. I'm going yes, yes. change, to change my dice setup, because I want to I want to throw them more violently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, medicine check. So, uh, 13. Are you are you undergoing motion sickness, or are you just feeling spooked? Trogar is afraid of deep waters. Mm, okay. So it's not really motion Well, regardless, even However, if it's not motion sickness, with your two compatriots uh, so so tenderly attending to your yeah. care, you do feel a little bit better. You feel a little comforted, <sighs> Drogon. It's just so spooky. You can't, <laughs> you can't see the bottom. <laughs> he, like, he kind of peeks over. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> So it doesn't take too long for you to make your way across the lake. And reaching the opposite shore, you disembark. over to Winnie and goes, don't tell Stroud. 
Um, and so, reaching the opposite shore, you actually come, you can see both to the east and west um, the thick forests uh, of this Volich woods to either side. But where you disembark, there's sort of a clear shot up, 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 up these small mountainsides at the foothills of Mount Baratok. Um, so your way will be uh, clear at least, though easygoing, you still can't be sure. I assume... Artemis, that you're kind of that you're like trailblazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think me and Sasha are kind of scouting the way. Right, with also with Dimitri helping uh, from above as well. Mm -hmm. So why don't you give me a survival check with advantage, and hopefully we don't run into Blanchko again. Okay. Okay. That, my friend, is a twenty-four. Great, twenty-four. So, uh, yeah, you're starting to. Understand when you first got here, Artemis. These woods are, were like nothing you'd ever experienced before. They are there's an emptiness to these woods. They are deprived of the sort of atmospheric warmth and life that you can feel walking in nature. And that really threw you, I think, in the beginning of our adventure. But now you're really starting to come to terms with what navigating these forests is like, and this this, this landscape is like. So you expertly navigate your way amongst the foothills. They're really like, uh, as you start, it's just sort of like rolling hills. And as you make your way further and further uh, northwest, the slopes become steeper and steeper. Until at last, you come to what seems to be a sheer rock face that rises high up past the like what past what you can see it just sort of rises up into a cover of mist above you and uh, so the same is true in either direction uh, you look to the left and to the right and the wall just carries off in either direction also obscured by mist uh Dimitri uh, kind of swoops down and comes to land, turning back into his human form as you come to rest at the foothills of this of this uh, sheer cliff. We're as close as I can figure to there, then. Now, this sheer cliff goes off a few miles in either direction, so we can either extend our journey, try to find a way around, or heave ho. How high is it, roughly? You can't quite can't, see. Can't quite tell. It kind of vanishes into the... You can see up, like, maybe 50, 60 feet, but then it just vanishes. Does it look like a difficult climb? It is, like a, it is a sheer rock face. Yeah. Is it, like, just flat? It's, like ni like... it's 90 degrees. And they're, like... There's handholds. There's, like, handholds and stuff. It's, it wouldn't, it's not easy. Uh, it wouldn't be easy by any stretch, but, but you could climb it if you put your minds to it. Dimitri, I don't want to put too much on you, but is there any, any way you could scout the area and let us know if there's any direction we'd be better suited? Like I say, in either direction, if you want to stay down here, it would take several miles for you to chart the course around. Um, totally a possibility, but that exposes you to more time out here in the wilderness, and we are losing daylight. Um, you've walked for about, let's say, maybe like four hours to get to this point. Um, <gasps> so yeah, I'd be feeling a little, feeling the sweat a little bit. Um, mm. The cliff face extends maybe another, I, it would be a tough, challenging climb, but not impossible if that is the route you want to take. Up to you. Am what? I out of rope? Oh. Shoot, I may have used I should. We've have used rope. a lot of rope in, in like various adventures. Yeah. I have rope. I have 20 feet. I have 50 feet of hemp and rope. Yeah, I think I still have whatever. I Yeah, I used to have some. I think we used all your rope. I think, yeah. I think, I think we used, used the silk and the hemp. Yeah. Um, well, shit. 
Yeah, Drogar will um, Drogar will pull out the fifty rope. feet of hemp and rope. How much rope do you have? I don't know. I, I have whatever the you have twenty. The starting, I think. Yeah, Drogar will tie the fifty feet of hemp and rope to the twenty feet of hemp and rope, giving us seventy feet of rope. Mm-hmm. How high is the cliff face? Can't tell. You can't tell. You you can see fifty to sixty feet up, but then it just disappears into the the swirling mists. The mists are, uh, you've and you've noticed this when you've sort of gone off trail, so to speak, before. When you're walking like the Svalich Road, or you're in one of the um, the cities, the mists, you know, they're always there. You can always see them in the sky and off in the distance, but they never quite feel oppressive. When you go off trail, wandering through the forest like this, they really start to close in on you. I'm really good at climbing. I'll go. Are you sure, Kaza? Yeah. Well, in any case... Jurgar puts a hand on you, and his eyes turn white, and he casts Death Ward on you. Oh, what does that do? When you hit zero hit points, it goes right back up to one. Hmm, okay. I actually already have that. <laughs> you have that? Is that a half-orc thing? Uh, it's either a half-orc thing or a barbarian thing. I forget which, but it's Relentless Endurance. But is that from, is that from any sort of type of damage? Relentless endurance. It's because of it's because I'm a half orc. When I'm re- when I'm reduced to zero hit points but not killed outright, I can go to one hit point instead. So I think they would stack because the text of Death Ward specifically says the first time the target would drop to zero hit points as a result of taking it. So Death Ward would activate first, and bring you to one, the and then as long as you're not killed outright, <laughs> that would also because I if you fall cool. from falling damage, yeah, that can kill you outright. Well, it's a d six per what every ten, 10 feet. feet. And we're we're planning for at least seven. So times six times seven. What's the average on a? It lasts for eight hours though, and it's not concentration. So all right, yeah, great, cool. I think (laughs) we got rope. I won't say no. (laughs) We got rope. We probably got like. So what's the plan? Are you just make? Are you just making the climb and then try and throw the rope back down? Is that the idea? I'll climb with the end of the rope and try to and see if you can tie it off at the top. I mean, does that work for you? I don't have to cast it. I'm just if if it's something that. Would bet it's a good spell. It's handy if I'm gonna go to zero hit points twice. In the next eight hours, I mean, listen. In the next eight hours, in the next eight hours you're also also thinking about going into a werewolf den. Yes. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so go ahead. And go I ahead. think we're at the point of like no return at this point. Mm-hmm. We either got to turn around and go back, or mm-hmm. move forward and either find a place to camp for the night, which will probably not be good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I if I have, or go kill. Darn, I don't have go, any pitons. Go negotiate with werewolves. Negotiate with my bow and arrow. Right. <laughs> and Jorgar will also cast uh, guidance on you for any checks that you're going to make. Cool. Well, I'm about to make a climb check, so that's very handy. Yeah. <laughs> Typically, climbing is a stealth, is a strength check, which I I could theoretically get really angry and then get advantage on that. <laughs> I can like, like pinch myself a bunch of times. Jorgar <laughs> gives you... Stop that! Stop that! I'm getting mad! Ah! I'm better at climbing now. Jura just does a... <laughs> hey, what the fuck? Ah, and she runs up the cliff. <laughs> okay, uh, so climb this cliff. Yeah. All right, great. Give me an athletics check. All right, so I'm taking my climb check and I'm taking that guidance. I'm not going to do the rage thing because that's silly. That's that's metagamer shit. I'm not going to do that. All right, athletics check, please. I will take the guidance, though. Uh, athletics, that's going to be, I think, a uh, 21. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. You start the climb, and it's 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 certainly challenging. And in fact, as you begin to climb, as soon as you get up, maybe like ten, fifteen feet, 
you start to notice the the spitting rain and the condensation of the fog begins to make the surface of the sheer cliff face very slippery. I didn't so you that. <laughs> you really have to be very deliberate and careful as you like find a handhold and give it you know a couple of like testing tugs to make sure it can support your weight. So you're making yourself up your way up methodically but successfully. Give me another athletics check, please. Okay. And you make your way about halfway up what you can see. Guidance. <laughs> Drogar, is guidance touch range? Yes, it is. <laughs> Drogar climbs up about five no, feet. No, sit down! <laughs> 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 yeah, you make it up about Can you feel way. it now? <laughs> so you're up about, let's say, like 30 feet or so. Okay. Oh, gosh. Oh no. Oh, no. Add a D4. What happened? Wait, do I well it does you know what? It's not gonna matter because that was a natural one. Oh Jesus. no. God. A natural one. I know. Oh, fuck. It's a good thing I gave you death ward, huh? <sighs> That's pretty not much, so bad. Geez. Pretty much fucking it's anything like but a natural feet, one. Right? I have a plus eight in athletics. Anything but a natural one, I would have been fine. But of course, of course. <sighs> um okay, so Kay, you uh you continue your your slow climb. Up the um, up the mountainside, and at a certain point, you know, you reach out for a handhold, and you think it feels secure. You give it a, a few tests, and it feels fine. And you go, you put your weight, and the cliff just tumbles away from your hand. And you feel like you're gonna fall, and you cast your eyes around in panic, and you see what you think is well, you see uh, maybe like a, a a a vine or some vegetation that you can throw a hand out and grab hold of just to to steady yourself. So you throw that hand out trying to grab it, and as you do so, you realize it's not a vine. <gasps> Shit! God knows. A rock viper. Oh, God. oh! Emerge, Its head emerges from a crevice <laughs> in the cliff Christ. face and strikes out at you. Uh, that is going to be a 17 to hit. Hit. Uh-huh. Uh, so you are going to take... Shit. <laughs> four points of piercing damage and make me a constitution saving throw. Oh, no! I'm not raging, so I take all four. And Did you use guidance on that last... No, because you're out you're of touch range. You're too far it's away! Fuck! Like, ah! <laughs> Con save, you said. Constitution saving throw, okay. yes. Uh, that's going to be a a ten. It's you feel its its fangs sink into your hand, and usually, Kaz, like you can wave this stuff up, no problem. But you feel like uh the the like white hot liquid as its venom seeps into your veins. You are gonna take. Oh wow! Uh, well, that was lucky. Okay. <laughs> I, I just rolled four ones. Wow! So you're gonna yes. take. Four poison damage. <laughs> One, two, three, four. <laughs> so uh, all that happens. You're still on the cliff face, though. Okay. Um, do you want to try to keep going? Um, you yeah, okay? What do you do to the snake? Yeah, I think I just I throw. I like just instinctively throw the snake, and then realize like, oh shit! And I <laughs> go down. Look out below! What are you talking about? <laughs> well, it, it falls on. Uh, <laughs> drug iron falls right on top of you. <laughs> Ah! Front weapon. <laughs> really? <laughs> you can if you want. <laughs> Seems excessive. <laughs> it just bit my friend. <laughs> uh, roll no, 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 no. I grab. Uh, can I? Can I grab the snake? You can, uh, but it is going to try to bite you. Okay, go ahead. Sixteen hit. Miss. Ah, uh, great. It like ting. It bounces off of your pauldron. <laughs> Trigger grabs it by the head, like right around the neck, and just holds it. And it's just like. Are you all right? <laughs> yeah, I'm great at this. Hang on, I'll take care of him. 
He tried to bite me. Well, she tr- tried to, she came to his house and, and I'll take care of you. <laughs> <laughs> and he will, like, the snake does not try to bite Pasha and he like just walks oh. away. Oh. And he, Pasha just starts going. <laughs> <laughs> right. The snake is all right. Are you okay? <laughs> I'm fine. And thank you. I was really worried about the snake. <laughs> I can't believe I wrote four ones. All right, carry on. <laughs> An athletics check, please. <laughs> I, think, I think Pasha just has a built-in plus 20 on animal handling. All right. That die rolled a natural one. And then, a, and then I thought, oh, it couldn't possibly roll another one. And then it rolled a, a four. So I'm going to switch dice. Throw that one out. Go with the Athletics, we say. That's going to be an 18. Fantastic. Great. So you reach where the uh, the fog starts to come in. And so you lose, like, vision ex- out from, like, like five feet beyond you. Visibility becomes pretty poor. But you carry on. And you have to be even slower and more methodical as you make your way through the, um, the foggy portion. But you start to feel it sort of like... Uh, it goes from 90 to, like... Oh, I don't know. I don't know angles that well. Whatever is less than that. Easier 70. to find than 90. Um, give me one more athletics check. Okay. Yeah. That's a 19. It's fantastic. It's a 28. You climb and you climb and, and, and uh, it's almost like almost like that feeling when you miss a step and you're Sorry. like, whoop. 27. <laughs> I know it's still good. I just don't want anyone thinking I'm bad at math. <laughs> Great. Um, it's almost like that feeling when you miss a step. Has like you throw out your arm to try and grab hold of the cliff face, but like ooh, you miss it, and your hand collides with the soft, dewy grass of a ledge above. Uh-oh. Cool, and you pull yourself up, <laughs> and before you, Kaz, as you get up here, you can't see anything because the fog is very, very thick. But what you hear, horrible sound. Uh oh, abort, abort! Oh my god! Screams coming from what you can only guess is someone very young. Uh, off in the distance. Uh-oh. The time is yours. Oh, boy. Okay. Oh, sweet. Um, Jesus. Do I know... All right, let's see. So assuming assuming I were climbing, and I had one end of the rope, which I, I think we said we have 70 feet total. Mm-hmm. Tie it off? Yeah, yeah. Like, do I... Do I, I guess what I'm, what I'm getting at is, do I have an idea of how high I've climbed? Yes. You wager you have climbed about 100 feet. Oh, Ooh, mama. Okay. Uh, shit. So, like, at some point, you guys saw the end of the rope, like... Mm-hmm. No, but we can still see it. Up the cliff up. side. So, yeah, you, they can still see the end of the rope dangling. Yeah. If you kind of care, if you kind of trailed it behind you, they can still see it. It's just about, like, 30, 35 feet up in the air. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, that sound is very concerning. But I think what I want to do is... Find a way to tie off the rope, whether that's, like, there's something I naturally I can tie it off As you to. come to the top, there, there are trees kind of closing in around Perfect. you as you reach the top. So, yeah, you can tie it around uh, right. a so tree. So, what I want to do is, is tie it off to a tree and then climb back down the rope so that I can... Sure, sort of belay yourself yeah, back down. Yeah, belay myself back down. Like, now it should be a lot easier since mm-hmm. there's a rope. Yeah, you've made the trek. I won't make you roll again. So, yeah, you sort of belay yourself back down. And we'll say... We'll say, with the distance climbed and having to tie it off to the rope, we'll say, as you belay it down, you kind of emerge 40 feet. You reach the end of the rope 40 feet above your compatriots. Can I see them? Yes. Okay. Yes, you can. Because the, the mist comes in at about 50 feet. Everything okay up there? If you can make it 40 feet up, you'll be able to reach the rope and the rest will be a lot easier. Something bad is happening up there. I heard screaming. From what? 
I don't know, but it sounded young and vulnerable and, I don't know, probably cute. Oh, let's go! Let's go! And I'll, I'm going to run and jump up on the cliff face and start trying to climb up. Athletic check. is going to stand behind you, just in yeah. case you fall. <laughs> well, she's within touch range, so you can do guidance now. Yeah, I'm going oh, to start climbing maybe like above Wendy so I can also reach down and help her up if I need to. Sure. So my first goal is a four. Well, Artemis is, so do it, do it with advantage. Okay. You have guidance and advantage. Oh, boy. Because you have a bunch of papas looking at me. <laughs> I sure do. <laughs> By the power of dad. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me find a guidance die. Can Sasha climb this okay? Oh, all oh, right, that's a 19 like then. Just leaving Sasha. Down below. Fuck, I didn't even think about that. Sasha's Probably cat. not. Yeah. Oh shit. It's Sasha. a sheer cliff face. Maybe if she if you can maybe try oh, to like, like, like put her across your shoulders as you climb up or she weighs a good bit. I mean like, she's a least... panther. She probably weighs like between eighty and hundred pounds. Yeah. Panthers weigh from seventy to hundred pounds. Oh. And I think she was on the bigger side. So yeah. So I think I might just tell Sasha to climb up into a tree and wait. Okay. Sasha could Oof. sit on my shoulders, but I would need... It would be way. tough. I would have to have yeah. the rest of that 40 feet of rope down. Yeah. That that was my thought. Mm-hmm. We could have tied her up and pulled her up, but mm-hmm. without <laughs> yeah, it. Hog tire. Yeah, if 70 feet is all you have, it doesn't quite reach. God, isn't this great? We're still, we're like, we're like level seven and we still have to figure out rope mechanics. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, so then I'm going to so tell... So Sasha's have to wait, wait behind? Yeah, I'm going to tell tough. her to get up. In a, in a tree and hide and stay safe. Okay. She's a, she's a panther. She looks right. at you with a look that says, I don't fucking like this. I know. I'm sorry. And I'll say, you want to take a run back to Dimitri's tower? You can. Drogar will, will try to attempt it with her on his shoulders. Yeah, it's important yeah. that Artemis has Sasha. Drogar will make this attempt. That's going to be wrong. Okay. Uh, I'll give it a try. So give me the athletics check with disadvantage. Okay. Um, before you do... I assume I'm still at the rope, at the end of the rope. Like I've climbed down and been what like, if I "Hey, throw there's... Sasha." Can you throw Sasha forty feet? You up can't the air? throw Sasha forty. Ah! Feet <laughs> you cannot throw a one hundred pound cat. Oh my god! On... I very rarely do this. I'm cutting it off now. <laughs> you cannot throw a one hundred pound wild cat through the air forty feet. It's like she can Mat- probably like a... jump like twenty. It's like Matilda. You're crunchable so... hammer throwing the cat. <laughs> so um, if she can jump, say, yes. get like one more. Claw, then jump for Kaz's leg, and then hang on. <laughs> what I would say is, it's only I'm only forty feet up. I'm probably the best at climbing in this crew. So if I can get it to you, or I can just come down. I can come down the forty feet that I don't have rope. Bring Sasha with me up back to the rope, and then once I have the rope, it's a lot easier, even with a hundred pound cat on my shoulders. Then I mean, I'm very strong. Then me... if we have to make a quick getaway, we got to figure out how to get her down. I mean, well, granted, cats can. Let me can try. Jump. We have seventy feet of rope. I'll make her a little yeah, baby. Try it. Athletics with disadvantage. Well, that's a natural twenty. And a what? And a six. Yeah. <laughs> Plus guidance, that's a nine. <laughs> uh, you try, Drogar, but as soon... And you, like, you, you you get her all across your shoulders and you put your dragon hands on the cliff face and you're actually feeling pretty confident. You know, like, oh, I've got this. Yeah. <laughs> but as soon as you actually take your weight off the ground, you know immediately it's gone wrong and you just kind of tip backwards. <laughs> <laughs> and Sasha goes scrambling off. off yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I thought I could do it. It's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll climb down and get Sasha. And well, 
Go back up to 40 feet. I was gonna say, I, let's just leave her behind, and I'll look at her, and I'll be like, stay safe if you have to run. You know where Dimitri's tower is. You know where Kresk is. You don't want your cat with you? I mean, I do, but I think it's... I don't know that we're going to be able to get her up. And yeah, but I think can... we figured it out with Kaz. Yeah, I only have to make it 40 feet. She's strong as fuck, man. I mean, if, if, if you want to try, yeah, I just... It's 40 feet. Okay, okay. I know. Athlet- so, hopping back down. Yeah, I'll climb back down. Great. I'll get plus guidance. Down. Okay, plus guidance. athletics, disadvantage. Okay, disadvantage, plus guidance. Correct. Not that one. This is good D&D. Yeah. <laughs> How do we get this cat up a wall? Yeah. Let's do some math. This is some, some number crunching. 14, 18 total. D4? Yeah. Okay. That's what the D4. 18? Yeah. Kaz um, draping this cat uh, across your shoulders. imagine Sasha's face is like... I don't actually imagine that 100 pounds is very much of a load for you, actually. I'm really strong. Yeah, I don't imagine... So actually, you managed to... It's certainly... It's it's touch and go, but you've done it once already. You know where the handholds are. Yeah. So yeah, you managed to make it up to the rope with, with Sasha over your shoulders. And then, like, <laughs> just imagine, like, as we're climbing up, like, you know, I'm realizing <laughs> we haven't really ever talked much. <laughs> have, you, have you ever thought about how Kaz and Kat sound really similar? Uh, she uh, does another deep, throaty... Uh, per that communicates to you, no. <laughs> you know, if I took ten minutes, I could cast back speak with animals as a ritual. We don't. We haven't really talked. I should do that sometime. <laughs> and you can feel like her 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 uh, purring like in your neck. You know, coming like radiating from her chest as you drive up. Yeah. All right. Cool. We're kind of under a time crunch right now, so this isn't a great time for ritual casting, but. Let's let's make a date. <laughs> Fan fucking tap. This is why I love this shit. This is why I love this. Like I had nothing planned for this evening. I didn't, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know what you guys were going to want to do, and it just always works out great. Trevor, I already have an inspiration. You don't need to give me another. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. So Kaz makes it up, so we we can take Sasha with us. Okay. Uh, the rest of you, if you want to make give me athletics checks to make it to the rope. Winnie, you were already going. I had to give you. You made a, it up. I, I got a 19. You made it to the rope. Dad advantage. Once you're to the rope, I'll just say you can make your way up to the top of the hill. So Winnie's up. Kaz is up. Dad advantage. Dad advantage. Drogar. Yep. What is it? That's a. Uh, that's a 19. You make it up. Do I get guidance? Yeah, sure do, baby. <laughs> Drogar's always. Got As guidance. I hit the rope, I reach my my alarm, my long six foot wingspan, arm down. To give you a smack on the ass. That's guidance. <laughs> That'll make it. Yeah, you make it to the rope. Uh, okay, so you all make it to the top. Uh, climbing. Once you get to the rope, it's much easier. You make your way up. Pasha turns back into a bat um, and flicks his way. Mosquitoes. <laughs> and he makes his way up. So you all make it to the top of the ridge. And so. Uh, all of you making it your way to the top of the cliff face. Uh, Demetri turns back into a raven and accompanies you up as well. As you approach the top, all of you hear those same horrifying sounds as Kaz was witness to before. It seems like at a distance. Screams. And also as you draw closer, what sounds like jeers and cheers of a crowd. Uh-oh. We can't see anything? No, the fog, the mists are still closed in around you. Jorgar will cast light on his mace in an attempt to cut through some of the fog. Okay. 
Yeah. Okay, great. It's not daylight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. You know what? Actually, uh, I, I was going to say, when you start to do that, I think I would grab your hand and be like, I don't know that we want to be spotted, my friend. Let's go investigate the sound. Hmm. Fair if, enough. If we can't see them, they can't see us. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right. Somebody's going to have to guide me through yeah. here, <laughs> I'll cast light on Tallyho's eyes, but I'll keep them pointed mm-hmm. down d- towards yeah, our walk. Like it's like a bullet lantern. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Don't say anything about the door with the blind guy. <laughs> I pointed it down our feet! First cast breaks my glasses, and then... <laughs> But you're literally doing like the fog, like the fog lights in your car, like those lower yeah. headlights that kind of go underneath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, moving think, swiftly yet quietly. Yeah, right. pointing Tallyho's eyes at the ground, kind of like fog light navigating us swiftly and quietly. And I think once again Artemis and Sasha taking the lead. Great. Give me another survival check. Good thing I have a good survival. That's a 15. Hey, yeah, excellent. Mm-hmm. Well done. Great. That 15. Guidance great. came in handy. Perfect, 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 perfect. Okay. If it was a 14, you would have met the giant again. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You all make your way through the fog, and it's that, you know, that surreal, strange, like, dampening effect that um, fog has. Yeah. It's kind of like traps the air around you almost. So it's like strangely muffled and quiet as you make your way through the fog. But you can still hear those echoing sounds coming from the distance. And you make your way through the fog. A strange, large, dark shape begins to manifest in the distance. And as you draw closer and closer, Dimitri kind of swoops down again and lands amongst all of you. I think we're close. And as you make your way through the fog, that large, dark shape begins to take form. And what you see coming out of the rock face of the mountainside is a huge stone-carved maw of a wolf Mm. open, the gullet of which is the entrance to a dark cave. And again, from up above this stone maw that extends before you, you continue to hear those screams. (laughs) And then all at once, silence. And I think we'll actually call it there. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Oh, no. Ooh, okay, hand, at least we get another one ooh. later on this week. On the one hand, you're right. That is the perfect stopping point. On the other hand, how dare you? I know. How dare you? No, well, it's 10 o'clock. It I feels know. like a place. I, I, I would love to keep no, going. Listen, but it's a great stopping point. I'm just mad about it. <laughs> Broadcast features Campbell O'Hare as Winnie, Ned Price Iannacone as Drogar, Kay Devine Jones as Kaz, Tyler Cantor as Artemis, and me, Trevor William Fail, as your DM. Our patrons give me super strength. Special shout out to our newest patrons, Access the Tide and Dan Zubricki. Welcome to the adventure. If you're not ready to support us financially, there are still plenty of ways to help us out. You can follow us on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at CriticalFailDM, Binge Madness and Mercy on our YouTube channel, and join us there every other Sunday at noon Eastern Standard Time when we do live listens of new episodes of the Strahdcast. Or rate and leave us a review wherever you like to listen. Thanks, Dungeoneers, and take your day with advantage.